This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Well, once again, thank you for being here today. Can you say breakthrough with me? We're going to continue to talk about breakthrough, and today we're going to look at being carriers of the breakthrough. What a powerful time we come through these uh, last number of weeks, our prayer, our fasting, our nights ablaze, just uh, being in the presence of the Lord and allowing God to usher in uh, breakthrough and to touch us and to just begin to receive from him. Now, I want to encourage you, keep your breakthrough card, your faith goals card with you, and uh, just keep praying over it all year long. Keep it somewhere that you can see it. Just keep praying and believing. And when God begins to give you answers, do me a favor and go to our website, share my story, share what God has done. If it's any of the items on your card, we want you to share it whenever it takes place, because we're agreeing with you in faith in what God is going to do. We're believing that you've been positioned for breakthrough, and we believe all year long breakthrough is going to come. Just give me an agreement in the house today. Man, what a powerful Sunday night we had just coming, soaking in the presence of the Lord and allowing God to speak to us, just to move on our heart. And on Thursday night of our Nights Ablaze, one of our speakers, evangelist Jim Rayley, talked about the anointing. And he said that there's two components of the anointing. The first aspect is that we're endued with power. There's, there's this endowment. There's this release of God's anointing on us. But then there's the activation and the empowerment that flows through us. And we really felt like today would be a good day to come back and to begin to explain what is the anointing and how do we carry this breakthrough and this anointing. You know, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is symbolic to oil, fire, oil. These are symbols of the Holy Spirit. And symbolically, we've been praying for God's presence. We've been praying for God's power. We've been believing that. And we want to help you to understand what it means today. Last week, I talked about enemies of your breakthrough. And if you remember, there was two primary enemies, fear and doubt. And when we can see that God is enduing us with power and with an anointment uh, that comes upon us, it enables us to overcome our fears and our doubt. And we are now endorsed by God and his spirit. We know it's not by our strength and our might. Zechariah says, not by might nor by strength, but by the spirit of the Lord. The Lord Almighty is going to empower you and me. And so today we're going to talk about that. Now I've got an illustration I'm going to use throughout today's message. But turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look at the life of Christ. Christ is the anointed one. He was anointed by the Father. And just as he was anointed, you and I can be anointed. And that's what we want to look at today. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 is where we're going to be reading. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. 
Then he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and it was the Sabbath, and so he went to the synagogue, which was his custom. And he stood up to read, and the scroll was given to him, and it was the scroll, or the portion of scripture, from the prophet Isaiah. It happened to be chapter 61 of Isaiah, and as it was handed to him, he unrolled it, and he found the place where it was written. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And now everyone's eyes in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them... Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Father, I thank you for your word. It is anointed. And as we've anointed, as we've opened your anointed word, I pray today that you will release revelation, that you will release anointing, that you will open our eyes to the spirit, that your gift of anointing will be released, that your mandate to, to, to be carriers of your anointing will be received, and that, Father, we will sense your presence and your power. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Jesus takes the scroll and he opens it and he reads the place where it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. Now that's what we're talking about in this Holy Spirit, uh, uh, in, 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 in receiving the Holy Spirit is that Jesus is saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That is that endowment of power and He has anointed me. They don't want me to trip when I get over there. So they're moving it out of my way. Give Luke a hand. He's our media guy. Thank you, Luke. Walking in there nice and quiet. I called him out, but thank you, Luke. Appreciate it. All right. So he says that the spirit of the Lord is on me and he has anointed me. That's the empowerment. And therefore, we can begin to understand that Jesus was anointed from on high for the anointing of what God wanted him to do. And the same spirit that was with Jesus is the same spirit is that with you and me. It's the same spirit. It's not a different spirit. God anointed him for what God wanted him to do. And what we're saying today is that you and I are carriers of the anointing. And we are anointed for what God wants us to do. Jesus was called by God. And you and I are called by God. In fact, the Greek word for Christ in the Hebrew is Messiah. Both Christ and Messiah mean the anointed one. So the anointed one is anointing us to carry that anointing. He calls you and I as believers to be anointed by him so that we can fulfill his mission. It's always been his plan that you and I are the carriers of the anointing and that we will be the ones that carry out his mission. He came to do what the father sent him to do. And then he says to his disciples as he's about to descend into heaven, as the father has sent me, now I send you. 
which means the anointing of the spirit that he has, he is saying to you and I, I anoint you with that so that you can walk in it and you can carry that anointing and bring breakthrough. Open the eyes of the blind, set the captives free, set prisoners free that are bound in their sin. That anointing that's been on me, Jesus said, I now anoint you and I send you. Can I get an agreement in the house today? There's an anointing that comes, and he wants you and I to be carriers of the anointing. Four simple thoughts, four simple words that I lead, leave with you today if we're going to be carriers of the anointing. The first is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. Look on the screen with me. Paul's writing to young Timothy, the young preacher that was going to be leading his congregation, and he says, now... In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but there are also vessels of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Therefore, so therefore always reminds us that we have to pause and ask the question, what is this there for? What is he about to say? Well, he's saying that in a house, there's many vessels, some of gold, some of silver. Those are the fine china. That's the, that's the, that, that's what is of value. But then there are others that are made of wood and clay, and some are for honorable use. They're, they're, they're costly. They're valuable. But then others are more common. They're, they're everyday wear. They're dishonorable in this sense. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. So therefore, if you want to be used of the master, you want to be anointed from the anointed one, he is saying that you've got to cleanse yourself from that which is dishonorable. Well, what does that mean, pastor? What it means is that when you become a Christ follower and you start walking with Christ, he is beginning to transform you. He transforms your life. He transforms your thoughts. He begins to transform your actions. He begins to break the power of sin. And he's changing you from that which was dishonorable or that which was displeasing to him because he is a holy God and we cannot come into his presence if there is sin in our life. It is dishonorable. But when we become a Christ follower, we repent of our sin and when we repent of our sin, we renounce the sin. We say, I want no part of it any longer and we begin to be a Christ follower. Can I get an agreement in the house? Through that repentance... Through the renouncing, the mercy and grace of God is released. Now, do you want to know what the problem is for many believers? Is that they repent and they do not renounce. They say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry I've done this. I'm sorry my life is like this. I'm sorry I've gotten entangled like this. I'm sorry that I've got this addiction. God, I'm sorry. But they don't renounce it and say, I want it broken in my life. I want no hold of it on me anymore. I want the power of this sin and this habit and this addiction changed and broken in my life. That's the renouncing where you turn away from it. But they don't want to turn away. Or they make no choice to turn away. And so we find that they stay in their sin. 
Oh, I didn't say they're not in church. They may be in church, but they're there. They may even say, God, forgive me, but there's no choice that they're really making to turn away from it. They're not changing their friends that are pulling them into sin. They're not changing their lifestyle. They're not moving out with that one they're living with that's not their spouse. They're not quitting going to the clubs and partying and, and you know, and, and doing all of that that they know is wrong. They may say, God, forgive me, but they don't turn from it. Can I hear an amen? Just help me out for a moment. And the reality for you and I Paul says, listen, you want to be a vessel that's used for honorable purposes? You want to be gold and silver? You want to be uncommon? Then you've got to cleanse. Say that word with me, cleanse. How do you cleanse? You repent. How do you cleanse? You renounce. How do you cleanse? You turn away from. How do you cleanse? You make some choices to make some changes. And when you do, you're cleansing and you're purifying. If I can camp here for another moment, Jesus came to the religious and he said to the religious, you clean up on the outside, but you're not cleansing the inside. You're painting the wall and you're making it look pretty, but on the inside, it's a tomb that's been painted and there's dead man's bones on the inside. So what Jesus was saying is, listen, Don't just make a confession with your mouth. You've got to turn from it. You've got to renounce it. You've got to determine that you're going to make a change and you're going to break some things. There are some listening to me today that the Holy Spirit says, if you want breakthrough spiritually and you want breakthrough in your life, you've got to renounce some things and you've got to make a change this year. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Why? Because when you cleanse yourself from what is dishonorable, you will be a vessel for honorable use. When you cleanse yourself, when you renounce, when you repent, when you turn away from, when you make some choices, look what he says. You'll be set apart as holy and God is holy and he's calling you and I to be holy. So when you do that, you will be set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house. Ready for every good work. Man, I don't know why I'm camping here, but I don't know about you, but I just want to be useful for the master. I want to be a vessel that's used by him. I want him to fill me, anoint me. I want him to touch me. And that's what he's saying here is when you cleanse yourself, you'll be a vessel of honor. You'll be set apart as holy. You'll be useful to me and you'll be ready for every good work. Give the Lord praise for a moment. So what Timothy is hearing from Paul is that if you want to be a carrier of the anointing, If you want to be a vessel that's used by God, it starts by yielding. Say yielding. Yielding yourself as a vessel unto the Lord. Yielding is surrendering. Yielding is is saying, God, I want to be holy. I want to be cleansed. I I want to be with you. A holy anointed people or a people that say, God, you can take my life and you can do with it what you want. And Lord, when you show me something is wrong, I'm going to repent and renounce and I'm going to turn to you. 
a holy people or a people that are saying, God, I surrender all. I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I surrender everything with you, God. I give my heart, my life, my attitude, my ambitions. Everything is yours, oh God, because they've come to understand what he has done for them and they want to love him in return. It's a vessel. It's a vessel. Your life is like this lamp. It's like this vessel. And God wants you to yield to him. Your life is this lamp. It's this vessel. The, the, the lamp is an empty vessel that's beginning to yield to the Lord. Jesus wants his light to shine. He wants to come and enlighten and, and inflame a light within. But it starts by yielding to the Lord. For me, yielding came as a young man. Now, I grew up in church. I grew up around church. I was in church on Sunday mornings, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was there for the revival nights. I was there every time my parents, they were children's workers. When they were serving, I was there. They had a busing ministry. I was helping on the bus. When they would go pick people up, I was the one that would rally up the kids and get them on the bus. I mean, I was there but there came a day when I was 17 years old that God opened my eyes and I realized my parents' faith is not going to save me. I've got to have a relationship with the Lord myself. And I invited the Lord into my heart. In a sense, I yielded to him as a vessel and I began to say, God, my life is yours. Do with it as you want. I place my life in your hands and I don't want to miss your will. I don't want to miss your purpose. I want you to take my life and transform me and I yield to you. Say yield. God is saying, I want to use you, but you got to be willing to yield. You got to be willing to allow me to take control of your life and I will lead you and guide you. Let me go back to our story, but let me pick it up over in another book in Matthew chapter four, just after in the story of Jesus, just after uh, 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 this has taken place, we find that Jesus is going to be baptized. And John the Baptist, Matthew four, verse 11 says, I will baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Speaking of Christ, Christ, the anointed one, will baptize you in the Spirit and with fire, which represents the Holy Spirit working through your life. His winnowing fork will, will, will be in his hand and he will clear the threshing floor. He will remove all of that, gathering the wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John tried to deter it by saying, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus, and yet you come to me. And Jesus said, no, let it be so, for it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented to baptize him, and as soon as Jesus was in the water, he went out of the water, and the moment that he did, heavens opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Now the question comes up is why did Jesus need to be baptized? 
Why did the anointed one need to be baptized? And what kind of baptism was this? Well, this was a baptism of the Holy Spirit and a fire. And when Jesus gets baptized, he didn't have to repent because we know that he has never sinned. And he was the sinless one that took away the sins of the world. And so it wasn't a baptism of confession of sin, but it was a sign of surrender. It was a sign of indicating that that he was in the Lord's hand and it was the beginning of his public ministry where he's being anointed by the Spirit of God and the fire of God and he was about to launch out into his ministry. As we look at our lamp, our illustration today, it's a lantern, it's a, a vessel. It's a vessel that's got to be you, you, uh, yielded for the Lord to use. Your life as a vessel has to be yielded I have to say yes to God. I have to say, Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Fill me, cleanse me, break the bondage of sin over me. And if you've not done that, then today, before you tune out or before you leave this service, you need to surrender your heart to the Lord because God has a purpose for your life and he wants to make you from dishonorable to honorable, a vessel that's used by the master and ready to be anointed by him. Can I hear an amen? So to be a carrier of the anointing, it starts by yielding. But secondly, to be a carrier of the anointing, we've got to develop our anointing. Well, how do you develop your anointing, pastor? Well, you develop the anointing through the spirit. And here's the key in devotion to Christ. I'm not talking about skills. I'm not talking about your talent. I'm not talking about your gifts talking about being devoted to Christ. Another way of saying it is to be not only yielded, but now you're abiding in Christ. When you abide in Christ, what you're doing is you're having devotion not just devotions, but you're learning to soak in the spirit. You're engaging the word of God so that you can hear the voice of God. And you're in a moment of contents, repentance and yielding and surrendering to God so that the Holy Spirit is enabling you to develop a deep relationship with God. There are many believers who have confessed their sin, but they're not abiding They're not soaking. They're not developing a dependence and a devotion with God. And there is no depth in their spiritual life. Why do we bring this thought to you over and over again? As church, we want you to be a people that are rooted, that are grounded. Your faith is growing, that you're secure. Your character is being transformed, that you look like the image of Christ. When you step out into a world, what people see in you is the glory of Christ because you have the character of Christ. That you're in the vine, you've remained in the vine, and therefore your life can bear fruit because from it is coming a nutrient that is reflected of that which has been inside, and it's the anointing of God, the abiding with Christ. Do you know that when you abide with Christ, you begin to take on the aroma of Christ? You begin to Have a sweet smell of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, the glory of Christ is beginning to come from you. The aroma from being in His presence. 
Why do I love the 21 days? Why do I love January every year? It's because it's the one time all year that I smell the aroma the best. It's the one time all year that I see the surrender and the yielding. And the problem is, is we make it a one-time event and we're not abiding in Christ after month, after month, after month. And the aroma just keep coming and coming and coming. But that's what happens when we make a determination, I'm going to develop the anointing by keeping a devotion with Christ. I want to use an illustration. I need, I need a man. I need a man to come up. I, I need a gentleman to come up here. Oh, come on up here. You're a good one. My cue didn't really come, so you're going to be the one. All right. Ricky. Say hello, Ricky. Now, Ricky's given his life to Christ. I'm still praying for the Holy Spirit, but he's been consecrated to the Lord. And let me tell you, the more you spend time with God, the more you pray, the more you fast, the more you come to services, every time you get into God's presence, it's like getting, and I can't find the little spray. Where is it? There it is. No, no, no. Where are you going? I thought you're a man of God. I thought you're spending time with God. Every time you spend time with God, that's the oil. I don't want the oil. Every time, every time you pray, you fast, boy, you're going to smell better than you've ever smelled. Man, you're just taking in the anointing. There's an aroma. I mean, it's all over you. Man, look at that. It's everywhere. I mean, when he walks, when he walks out of this place today, you're going to smell this man. I mean, it's like it's in the air. And he's walking, and it's in the air. It's all around him. Why? He's abiding in Christ. When you abide in Christ, there's an aroma that just comes from you. Give him a hand. Hallelujah. Woo, you smell good. You're going to need another row, but you smell good. You're developing the devotion. 21 days, prayer and fasting, surrendering, yielding as you are you're being filled with the Spirit, and you're taking on the aroma of the Spirit. You're beginning to look more like God, and God is beginning just to, to, to indwell you. And, and there's an, an endowment that's coming upon you every time you come into a weekend service. Let me give you a key for listening to a service and, and a, to a sermon and coming into a service. Every time there should be a heart of expectation. Regardless of who's preaching, regardless of who's singing, there's a heart of expectation. There's a hunger. There's a desire. I mean, no matter who's preaching, I've got a bachelor's in Bible. I have a master's in Bible. I have a master's of divinity, and I have a doctorate in ministry. And every time I sit in a sermon, I'm telling you, there's a message from me. There's a word for me. There's something for me that God is saying to me. Maybe I've heard it before, but just like Paul used to say in scripture, I know you know it, but I want to say it again. Sometimes God's just saying it afresh and anew because I need to do it and not just know it. So how do you come into a service? You come in with expectation. You come in with hunger. You come in with an excitement. You tune in and you get ready. For some of you, you might even need to start getting dressed and get out of those pajamas so that there's an expectation. Yeah, I said it because we got to get ready to meet with God. 
It's funny how some want me to be in my best clothes and they're sitting at home right now in their pajamas. Let me just say it. But the reality is there's a hunger. There's an expectation. I'm going to meet with God. Somewhere in this service today, God wants to minister. God wants to speak to me. I'm not thinking about others. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm so glad that that evangelist is saying that. I'm glad he's saying what I can't say. I'm so glad that he's talking to so-and-so and so-and-so. No, 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 no. I'm saying, God, what are you saying to me? I'm telling you, I come in the church. I come in the services. I come into my prayer and devotion saying, God, I know there's something that you're speaking. I know that there's something that you're saying and there's hunger and there's expectation and I'm participating and I'm not a spectator and I want to be a part of it because I know that he wants to anoint me and pour his anointing all over me. If we go back to our illustration here, you're this vessel and in this vessel... You need the anointing if the flame, the fire of the Holy Spirit is going to burn. And so in our lantern here, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. It represents spending time in the Spirit. It represents praying and fasting. It represents uh, coming to worship services and life group. It represents getting in your devotions and spending time with the Lord. It represents every time you determine you're going to meet God, the oil of the Spirit is being poured all over you. It's being poured in you, through you, over you. There'll be an aroma that represents what's happening to you. It will change your attitudes. It will change your life. It will change your perspective. Can I just get an agreement in the house? Because now the vessel is beginning to be filled with the anointing. And that empty vessel is a lamp that's to be burned bright and to fulfill God's purposes. But before it can do that, it's got to be filled up with the oil and the Spirit of God. So every time you work on growing your faith, every time you work at living out the disciplines of the faith, you're strengthening your faith and you're allowing yourself to abide in Christ and and that devotion is preparing you for what God wants to do through you. And so all I can say in a worship service is more, Lord. I want more of your presence. I want more of your power. I want to know you in deeper ways. I want you to show me the mysteries. I want you to show me attitudes and things in my character that needs to be changed. I just want more of you, God, because I need that anointing in my life if I'm going to be a carrier of that anointing. So there's a devotion that comes, and I've got to develop it. How do I develop it? It's through discipline. How do I develop it? It's by spending time with God and spending time in the presence of God. But then thirdly, it leads to activation. Say activation. What are you activating? Is you're activating your spiritual authority. Your anointing. Your anointing is an anointing that God has given to every one of you. And there is an anointing, and that anointing comes upon you. The anointed one anoints you, and as you are anointed, he will work through you. And it's called the intersection of God's power meeting human needs, and you're the intersection of that. So you'll go about your day. 
You'll go about your life. You're going from day to day to day. And because you're anointed by God, you're devoted to him. You are abiding in him. You're being filled with fresh oil and a fresh anointing and a fresh touch of God. And you're yielding to him as a vessel of honor. That oil that's coming through you is going to be activated to meet human need. And you're the intersection of that. What do you mean, pastor? Well, God's not going to just show up and touch somebody and just move like that. He's going to use you. You're the intersection of God's power touching human needs. You're the intersection. And therefore, I've got to make sure that my cup is filled and roll and, and overflowing, that there's an anointing that's flowing from me. When I come in on Sunday, it's fill me up, Lord. Fill my cup. Touch me, God, and anoint me. Why? Is there's an activation that's going to be released, and I'm going to be the intersection of God's power to human needs. Man, that activation is the flame. It's the power of what God wants to do. And so the Spirit of God will take that anointing in your life and he will touch you. And as he touches you, he will light that flame within you. And there will be a powerful, powerful touch of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear a name? Wait a minute, I gotta fix this. Say amen in the house. the activation of the spirit. You can be a vessel with no flame. Why would there be no flame? The flame is the activation of the Holy Spirit. You're the intersection of God's power to human need, but without oil, without abiding in Christ. Why is the church and most believers powerless in their spiritual life? There's no flame because there's no oil. There's no oil because they're not abiding. There's no oil because they're coming in the church with an expectation. It's routine. It's become a religious practice. But they're not getting filled with the oil. And they don't activate it with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus stood, he read Isaiah 61, and he says that the Holy Spirit is with me. And here I am, I'm anointed by the Holy One. And as I'm anointed by the Holy One, Jesus said that you sent me. And this is my prayer every Sunday for me, and it's for you. Just as I, Jesus says, have been sent to bring good news to the poor. He's saying to you and I, you are to bring good news to those who are spiritually poor. You're the inner freedom to the prisoners you're the intersection sight to the blind open their spiritual eyes you're the intersection freedom to the oppressed you're the intersection of the power of God flowing through you to human need come on agree with me Jesus is saying that my power will be released and the flame of the Spirit of God will begin to burn through you. And as it burns through you, you're going to be light in darkness. Let me read a scripture to you over in Matthew. Matthew. Matthew chapter 4, verse 15, it says, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan to Galilee, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Light meets darkness, and heaven meets human needs. Amen. Before I go to the last thought, 
I want to read to you over in the book of Acts. Worship team, come on in and get ready with me. Acts chapter 10, take you over to the book of Acts, verse 34. Then Jesus, here we're about to see Peter beginning to speak. And uh, in Acts 10, verse 34, Peter began to speak and he says, Now, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Can we just hear an amen? Peter is speaking because there was a lot of prejudice and favoritism in the early church. It was Jews and Gentiles. Anybody that was a non-Jew, Jews would look down upon you. Samaritans were even the worst because they were a mixed breed and because they were a mixed breed of Jewish people and the Samaritan people, uh, they would even look down on them in a greater way. And so Peter's addressing an issue in the early church and this is where we build our theology and what I love about our church is we're a, a representation of the biblical model of what the believers and the followers of Christ are supposed to be and that we are a new people, we are a new race, that we are God's children regardless of our ethnicity or the pigmentation of our skin color, we are the body of Christ and therefore Peter says that I have realized how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message that God sent to the people of Israel. He was announcing good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the providence of Judah and uh, Judea and, and beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. When you see this, you see that Jesus was anointed. And as Jesus said once again, as the Father has anointed me and sent me, I now send you. So you're blessed, you're anointed to be a blessing and to carry the anointing. We're anointed to carry the message. We say it around here, the message of hope. It's the gospel message. It's a message that says, you're sick, God can heal you. You're discouraged, God can turn it around. He can give you hope. You're oppressed, you're depressed. Whatever it is, we're carrying the message of hope. The light is flamed, it's, it's inflamed and it's burning bright. And when God begins to fill us, what he wants to do now is activate us with his power and with his anointing. But the reality is I've got to step out. I've got to be willing to be activated for the, for the flame to be lit. Because the warning is that if I don't light the light and I just keep receiving the oil and the oil and the oil, the oil will, will grow rancid and it'll be useless. But as I begin to release, God's pouring more oil in. 
as I release and I'm the intersection of God's power to human need, there's more oil that's being poured in. Because I've, re- I've lit the light. I'm shining the light. I'm being used by God. And as I am, God's anointing is going forward. What I love about the season and I challenge us with today is that we've got to let the light reflect the power and the glory of God. The oil represents God's presence. The fire represents God's power. The oil represents his presence in our life. The fire represents the power. You and I have to activate that power. How do I activate it as I step in? I discover what my gifts are. I I discover that anointing. I look for ways and opportunities to be the intersection where God's power can be released to meet human needs. And I say, God, here I am. Use me. In my devotion, I'm being filled with the, with the Spirit of God. But God, I want you to release. Let there be an anointing that's released. And really, that brings us to the fourth and final thought. I need a, I need a husband and a wife for this next illustration. I promise I will not put cologne or perfume on you. But I need a husband and a wife. Do I have a volunteer? I think I got two right over here that are volunteering. Come on up here. Yep, that's you, Hugh. Come on. He looked to her. Is that us? (laughs) She was already putting down her sweater. She knew. We yield. We develop in devotion. We activate. But the reality is that one flame by itself will not make a major spiritual impact. See, the reality is each life that's yielded to the Lord is a vessel of honor. And as you as an individual, as you as a couple, are seeking the Lord and praying that God would fill you with his presence, the anointing oil, the anointing of God's presence and spirit is being poured into you. But you've got to be willing to activate that anointing. Now, the beautiful thing is when you activate it, and this is the corporate moment, is all of a sudden you begin to see that we can advance. We can advance in partnership with others for kingdom impact. You know, when I came to Fort Lauderdale 10 years ago, my wife and I were flying in. It was about 11 years ago that the journey began. And we were flying in, and and we were leaving the mission field at that time, if we were going to come, we'd be leaving the, the, the mission field. We'd been missionaries for almost 18 years. We were in two countries, the country of Hungary and the country of Austria. For 12 of those 18 years, we were in Austria pastoring a church very similar to Christian Life Center. And as we were pastoring there, the church was actually bigger than, uh, than Christian Life Center at that time. And, and we were being asked if we would be willing to follow my predecessor, Max Yeary, who had been here for 33 years, and he was retiring. We'd known the church well. We'd preached here many times. And I was flying in with my wife to interview with the board and talk to the board. And as we were flying down... We had to fly through New York or New Jersey, and, and, and then we were coming down. My seat was the seat that could see the shoreline. And as we were flying, it was just dark. And right about that time, I was praying, and I was saying, God, why would you bring us 
Why would you bring us back to America when you're doing so much in Europe? So many great things that that was taking place when we went there. We'd been there 12 years. The church was 350 people. And by the time I was coming, the church was about 2,000. And we were saying, God, why would you bring us to America where there's churches everywhere? If people don't like something, it's too hot, too cold, they don't like the color of the seats, they're gonna go to another church. Why would you bring me back to America? And just as we were flying in and I'm looking out the window, just meditating, praying in my heart, all of a sudden, we came into the Tri-County and the flight was coming and, and I could just see lights everywhere. And as I saw lights everywhere, I know the Lord spoke to me. And he said, as you see the lights across the land, I want my glory to shine. I want want the light of my glory shining across the land. And I've brought the nations to South Florida. And I sent you to the nations to know how to minister to the nations. And I'm calling you back to help light the fire. To let the glory begin to shine. Now, for me, the light was not just churches. It wasn't just campuses. It wasn't just life groups, but it was individuals. It was lives that that are going to be changed and impacted. Hugh, I sat in your office the other day, and you said, Pastor, I was a cultural Christian, and I came. And you had a hard light to light, and so we kept working with you and just kept praying and believing and asking God to touch you and what's going on. There we go. Glory. Whoo, man, and you got on fire. When you came, God lit you up, didn't he? He said, Pastor, we came during the year theme all in. And we made a decision that we were going all in. That's what you said in your office. And, and you said, God changed our life. You said, hold it tight. Ooh, she really got on fire. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. You said, I went on an encounter. We went on an encounter. And he said, God changed our life. Changed our life. Went into SOD, it was all in, the year was all in, and you made a decision, you were going all in. In fact, I love it. You guys made a decision that whatever pastor asked us to do, we were gonna do it. I wish I would've known that ahead of time. (laughs) But whatever pastor said, we were gonna do it. We're gonna fast, we fasted. We going to encounter, going to SOD, we're doing it. Going on a mission trip, we're doing it. We're gonna be kingdom builders, we're doing it. And they just said, we. Pastor, God changed our life and we went all in. And now you fast forward five, six years. How long has it been? Six years. And man, God is using them now in such a powerful, 
powerful way. You see, the reality is one light by itself will not make an impact. But when there's more than one, and if I had a lantern to give to everyone, and I lit every one of your lanterns, let me tell you, we would begin to light it up. We would advance the kingdom of God for the glory of God. We would be messengers of hope that say, God, we want to be filled with your presence. We want to be devoted to you. We're going to abide in you. And God, we want to take it and activate it to let the power of God be manifested and intersected through my life so that it can begin to meet human needs all around me. Can I hear an amen? You see, there is power in multiplication. And the corporate moment for you and I is let the Lord light the fire within you. And as it begins to brightly shine, and it glows, and it shines brighter and brighter and brighter, you're activating the power of the Holy Spirit. Stand with me across this room and give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Worship him, worship him, worship him. Oh, yes, worship him. As a sacrifice, said, I was these altars and today I believe that there are individuals that God wants to touch. You're offering yourself as a vessel. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. In the first service I had a young couple that came up and said, Pastor, we need help. Our marriage is falling apart. We need help. I need help. The young man said, I've been afraid to come and talk to you, but I know today God is speaking to me. Maybe that's you today. Maybe things aren't going well. Maybe things have been falling apart. But all you have to do is begin to yield yourself to the Lord. All you got to do is begin to surrender to God. And as you do, God will begin to come. And he'll begin to touch you. And he'll begin to change you and transform you. And he'll begin to turn that mess around because you're yielding it to him. Maybe you're at a place where you just realize that, God, I need to be filled with your spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be anointed And God, I want to begin to activate, open my eyes, show me, use me, help me walk in that anointing. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.